It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Never a doubt the San Francisco 49ers advanced to the NFC Championship game for the third straight year, defeating the Green Bay Packers 24-21. Our initial reaction, uh, how did this go down? What did we learn from this football team in this football game? Fourth quarter comebacks, big play Dre, all of it coming at you right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Love all the everydayers out there. See a nice full chat here and everyone raring to go after that 49ers postseason win over the Green Bay Packers. This episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, Croc, the 49ers advance. It's not how we thought it would go. Uh, it was a lot closer than we might have thought it was going to go. But in the end, the 49ers somehow, some way, found a way to win. Fourth quarter comeback added to Kyle Shanahan's resume and, and Brock Purdy's resume for that. He, he took a while to get going in this one. It took a long while to get going, but it was the 49ers that won this game. And uh, my immediate thoughts when this game ended was, how did the 49ers even win this game? Uh, I used the word deserve. Did the 49ers even deserve to win? You said the 49ers don't deserve to win this game. I saw that tweet. I, I think the 49ers got outplayed. I think Kyle Shanahan got out, out coached by Matt LaFleur, his protege, and the 49ers somehow escaped it and, and, and found a way to win this game. They did not play the best game. They weren't the best team on this day, but they came out with a W and I'm gonna have to watch it back three times to figure out how they even did it. It, it was a, it was a, it was a marvel. It was an escape artist job. You know, I've talked that nauseum about kind of the 49ers big Achilles heel. And it is that kind of just being able to play from behind. Now, most teams kind of can't, but when you look at the 49ers and all the playmakers they have, and I know Debo Samuel went down in this game and I'm thinking, gosh, is, is Debo Samuel the entire offense? Because they can't seem to function without him. But they were kind of all over the place offensively. People were complaining about not running the ball enough. I chalked that up to maybe Green Bay just showing these looks. Where, hey, we're going to load the box. We're going to make your quarterback beat us. All right, make Brock Purdy beat us. And for a majority of the game, it looked like uh, maybe he kind of can't. And I'm like, it's going to be tough to kind of shake the game manager allegations in this one. But – they figured it out. They made some plays. They gave up some stuff. They had some luck, right? Well, I don't even want to say luck. But you had a big fourth down stop in the red zone. You also had a missed field goal by Green Bay. Uh, things kind of went their way and kind of opened the door, kind of left it cracked for Brock Purdy to kind of pull off his best Jimmy Garoppolo uh, 
performance. I mean, that, that was what it looked like to me. Jimmy G all over the place, missing certain throws. You had some dropped interceptions. And then, hey, don't worry about it, guys. I did not play well, but I will make sure we win this game. And that's what Brock Purdy did. I, I loved it. I did not love every second of it, but I kind of did because I love watching really good games. And that's what that was, especially when you come out on top. Your little heart palpitations. It's okay. You know, you, you got to feel something. You got to feel like you're alive sometimes. And that's what this game made a lot of 49ers fans feel like. Uh, big gasp at the end, winning that football game. I love what David says here in the chat. Win by an inch, win by a mile. Never a doubt, Croc. Never a doubt with these San Francisco 49ers advancing to the NFC championship game. And uh, let, let's go to, well, I started it with the coaches. So let's do this. Um, and Kyle Shanahan, by the way, congratulations, Kyle Shanahan. Remember the graphic? It gets another one on there, right? Because the graphic's always like 0 for 30, 1 for 30, whatever it is. It depends on how many points you want to say comes back. They were down, what, four, right? Going into the fourth quarter. So Seven. Uh, what? I think they were down seven. No, there was the field goal. The field goal. Did the field goal happen at the beginning of the fourth or the end of the third? I think they were down seven. They were. That's right. Because remember, they that was weird. They lined up like they didn't know that the clock was running down. That's right. So he kicked the field goal to start the fourth quarter. So technically, they were down seven going into the fourth quarter. So there you go. So Kyle Shanahan gets one on the other side of, of a comeback win for a Kyle Shanahan coached team. Uh, but I did think Matt LaFleur outcoached Kyle Shanahan. And, and it, it, it blows me away. You watch the 49ers and you think, man, it's a rain game. You see... Brock Purdy, the ball, like clearly the rain is an issue for Brock Purdy. He, you know, he was there. There's the, the, the close up clip of him dropping back. It wasn't like he was wiping his hand before he took the snap. He took the snap, dropped back, took his throwing hand off the ball, wiped his hand, put it back on the ball before he threw it. Like clearly the rain is a problem for Brock Purdy. We saw it in Cleveland. We saw it in this game. Those were the two rainiest games this year. There was some rain in some other games that didn't seem to bother him as much, but they weren't, it wasn't as wet as it was. In those two games, so the two wettest games gave Brock Purdy the biggest problems throwing the football um, inaccuracies. You know, he came out with the glove. He ditched the glove early for some reason. If you thought you needed the glove to start, why did you ditch it? Um, but how how with everything we know about Kyle Shanahan and running the ball and what how the 49ers are built and Christian McCaffrey, who they went and traded for last last midseason at the trade deadline and what he's been leading the league in touches this year. He's been everything for the 49ers. You know, it all started with the running game with Kyle Shanahan always does. And you come out and you barely give it to Christian McCaffrey in these conditions. That is wild. And, and it's not like, was it overthinking from Kyle Shanahan? Because it, it, was, it was every, every single person in this chat was probably yelling at it at their TV. Uh, I saw it all over social media all game long. The, 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 uh, the, the announcers of the game were surprised about it. Post game uh, halftime was like, what is going on right now? Why aren't the 49ers trying to run the ball more than they are? That, that was a really questionable decision by Kyle Shanahan, especially for a guy like Kyle Shanahan who can't wait to run the ball most times. It, well, okay. I think that's your answer right there. Right, like you said, Kyle can't wait to run the ball. Th this is a guy who, if you let him, and if the game presents itself in that type of way, he will run the rock 40 times. He might run the rock 40 times in a row. So the fact that he's not running the ball, what does that tell you? T to me, my antennas perked up and said, it must be something that Green Bay is doing while he's going away from the run. 
Are they loading the box? Are there too many guys? Do they not like the looks? And if you think about really a lot, really early in this game, did Christian McCaffrey have 25 yards at halftime or something like that? He must have been running into a loaded box. He was not getting anywhere. And I know he sprung off a big run. Even on that big run, he kind of like made magic happen in a Christian McCaffrey way. And maybe you say, well, you continue to give him the rock because he can have that type of run and that type of impact on the game. But typically running to a, into a stacked box and picking up very few yards per carry is not ideal. But the more people make that a focal point and tell me they can't function without the run, it tells me how little confidence that they have in Brock Purdy being the game changer that they think he is. Every time, that's all I hear. Every time I see that. Why are they doing it? Do, you don't think Brock is who you say he is. Like, that's what I hear. Now, people are going to get on me for that, but it's all over my timeline, and that's the first thing that came to my mind. Of course, run the ball. Of course, you have CMC. But, man, they're loading the box, and they're telling me, hey, make Brock beat us right now in this situation. And it, it was kind of tough sledding. I mean, it's one thing in a normal game, in a normal situation with normal conditions, too. But you're seeing your quarterback throw the ball nine yards away from the intended receiver, and you're still not running the ball. So th that's just weird to me. And it doesn't matter what the box numbers are at some point. Uh, it's not like McCaffrey wasn't having success. He only had 11 carries, I think, going into the fourth quarter or something like that. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty unacceptable to me. And early in the game, too. Um, uh, there was one drive early where you remember when uh, it was after Debo got hurt. Debo had the it was the screen pass to Debo. I think it was like McCaffrey run, Debo screen pass, and then first and ten. Uh, Aaron Banks false start. So now you're first and fifteen. So I get it. So you first fifteen, you got to throw the next drive. I was like, oh, there, you know, we'll get back to the ground game, and uh, they just had to throw because they were in a weird position, and it was first and fifteen especially based on how the game started with Debo and Christian McCaffrey. But they really didn't. He, Kyle Shanahan, look, and, and part of it's trust. He trusts his guy. He kept putting the ball in his quarterback's hands. I go back to the Super Bowl, Croc, in 2019. And the second guessing that happened with, with Kyle Shanahan, the play calling and running the ball, and you had the lead, and you uh, th there was you know uh, times where he threw the ball where I thought they should have run it. And there was a play where... Uh, and not to bring all this stuff up right now, I'm sure this is a PTSD for some listeners out there, but Kyle Shanahan called a uh, an RPO, and Jimmy made a good read. It was a good call. It was open, but the defender got a hand up, and it was intended for Kittle, and it was batted down. I think Chris Jones batted it down, right? But But my point to all that was, okay, good call, deserves to be in the playbook, and it was kind of a good call there, but it didn't work. But Running the ball is how you're going to win the game. The opposing coach is literally begging you to throw the ball. Please do not run the ball. We cannot stop you. So they give you the look that makes you want to throw the ball so you will do the thing that they want you to do. And so if that's why Kyle wasn't running the ball, then he was doing that again. And I that that tells me he got outcoached because the other, the other team's like, I'm going to make you do the thing I want you to do instead of you doing the thing that you want to do. And when we complain about the results from that and what they forced them to do, wh what does that tell you about who's behind center? It's rainy. He couldn't throw the ball. Right. This wasn't a normal game. We're playing in a dome. It this wasn't darts all the, over the, place. the Chicago Bears 49ers tsunami that they were playing in. There was light yeah. rain here and there. 
I thought for a majority of this game, it was relatively clear. It started to come down a little bit for Jordan Love at the last seconds, and I was like, thank you. The, the football gods are, are, are rooting for the 49ers in this one. But rain, I don't know, Peacock. It doesn't matter about the rain. I don't care how hard it was raining. Your quarterback's missing throws. It's affecting him. So if it's affecting him, do something else. It doesn't matter if it was raining a little bit, raining a lot. It was affect whatever the rain, the amount of rain that there was was affecting your quarterback. They're telling you to, that they want the quarterback to beat you. Now, again, I'm not even saying that Brock is not good, not great, not this, not that. I'm just saying what Green Bay was saying. Green Bay, for a majority of this game, just said, we are going to load the box and make Brock beat us. And Kyle was thinking like, dang, they're loading the box and they want Brock to beat him. Like, okay, we're just going to have to make some throws. And they couldn't do it. As Anthony says, and Purdy did that. Purdy did beat him in the end. I think, what, six for seven seven on the final drive? Seven for seven, something like that? Uh, Let's get further into this next. uh, This is not done. We got to talk more Purdy. We got to talk Packers, Jordan Love. We got to give out game balls in this one. Uh, A nail biter to the end. The 49ers somehow, some way came out with the W. They're advancing to the NFC Championship game. Let's get into it deeper next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. It's not that different from what NFL GMs are asking themselves when their teams are eliminated. Brian Gutenkus, the Packers, asking himself right now, what's the one move I can make that'll take my business, my team, to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just some other job board either. We're talking about a vast network at LinkedIn of a billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours at LinkedIn Jobs. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're muted, Croc. Uh, yeah, I, I do want to say one thing. Because I think people are going to think, like, oh, Croc, you know, I want Purdy to succeed. I'm just saying what I thought happened. I thought Green Bay said for a majority of this game and, and kind of – we are going to make him beat us. We're going to make Brock beat us. Like, you are going to have to beat us. And in the process of that, people complained at what Green Bay was trying to do and what the results ended up being, which was that you got to put the ball in his hands. And 49 fans did not like that. I saw it up and down my timeline. Like, that was what I saw. It's like, stop throwing the ball with him. And I understand. It didn't look great. But I'm just saying what, <laughs> what they were trying to do. Like, they loaded the box. A lot of this game, I mean – two yards, three yards. There was not the room that we're used to seeing CMC run into. So to me, that it was clearly a focal point. 
Now, ultimately, he did end up being – he was amazing on the last drive. That's why I said it felt a lot like Jimmy G in that game where you, you are off. You're not great. You're, like, you're doing weird things. And then ultimately you figure out how to pull the rabbit out the hat and win the game. And I've been waiting for that and that performance, and he showed it to me. So, like, that checks off a big box for me, you know, when it comes to what I'm looking for from the 49ers and Brock Purdy as well. Good quarterbacks, great quarterbacks, Hall of Fame quarterbacks have bad games too. So it's not to say Burt Purdy is one thing or another thing based on one game, but there is a, a thing that's going to be it's going to be hanging over Brock Purdy's head, a cloud, if you will, no pun intended, because he's going to be a quarterback that can't throw in the ring. And until he does, uh, especially like in a really heavy rain game, until he shows he can, or if he figures out a glove situation or something like that, that's going to that's going to be a tag that he's going to have to ditch now for the rest of his career. And you can bet 49ers fans are going to think of that every single time. Is it raining today when Brock Purdy's out there? Um, and it was it affected him in, in the, the Cleveland game. There's no doubt. It affected him in this game. There's no doubt because he doesn't miss throws like that. There was something off, and the rain had to be the only, the only thing that it could have been. Um, and you know, a bad decision here and there. By the way, his worst decision was on the opening drive when he had a glove on. Perfect spiral, hit the two six in the chest of Darnell Savage, who did not catch the ball. That game could have gone another direction very quick if he did catch that game. Um, so it's not to say Brock's a bad quarterback, a great quarterback, anything from one game. He struggled to throw the ball today, and that was clear. And the other part about, and we got to move on to some other things. The other part about running the ball early, I do, uh, McCaffrey ended up with 5.8 yards per carry or whatever it was, 17 for 98, was it? Yeah, 17 carries for 98 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Body blows, Croc. This is a team that's played, you know, regular season playoff games to try to get into the playoffs scrapping, fighting for their lives. They've done a great job of getting in, winning a playoff game against a two-seed the week before. Short rest when their players are coming off the field talking about how tired they are last week, and then they have a short rest road game coming to the West Coast to play the 49ers. Body blows. It doesn't matter if it's two yards per carry. Body blows, and then you pull away because they can't hang anymore in the second half, and those those creases get a little bit bigger, right? And your physicality and you lean on a team at the end of the game. Like that should have been the game plan from the jump. Doesn't matter what the looks are up front. It's raining. It's going to be one of those games. And it was one of those games. This game went way under and um, actually didn't end up go going that far under by the end because they put up a few points at the end of the game. What was the over under 50 and a half? I think there was what 45 points scored in this game. So it definitely hit the under on this game. And it was six, it was seven to six at halftime. That was what kind of game this was. So two yards per carry, doesn't matter. Stack in the box, doesn't matter. Um, maybe overthought a little bit by, by Kyle Shanahan in this one, considering how the game went and the conditions. And to draw another parallel with another rain game in Cleveland, Croc, I think this was supposed to be another Debo game, and he went out in the first quarter again, just like Cleveland. They were trying to get on the rock early and often. They even got the rock in his hands on the opening kickoff. And I wonder if he started to kind of get banged up there. Then was it something that kind of lingered into the next few touches as well? Uh, I think that was tough, kind of losing Debo Samuel. And it really kind of shows how important he is to the offense. I think we knew it. I think we felt it. We talked about Trent Williams being the real offensive MVP because when he's out, you can't function. Man, with Debo Samuel, it seemed like it started to kind of get a little sketchy as well. <laughs> I like this one from have at you in the chat. It says defense needs to bend a little less and not break. They, definitely a lot of bending 
and some breaking by the defense, but not completely broken. The, 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 the field goal drives at the beginning of the game were huge. The missed field goal was huge. Some of the biggest plays in this game, Croc, were not huge plays that were made by players uh, in the traditional sense. It was one of the greatest fumble recoveries of all time, right, by, by a special teams guy. I mean, that was unbelievable. That was a game-changing play. It's all 49ers around the ball after a long return. And he Superman dives on it and it just sticks to him like it's Madden when you're diving on a fumble. And then uh, the Ambry Thomas pass interference. I'm going to get your thoughts on that one because I hate when teams get bailed out on a third and 15, just chuck it up, underthrown ball, and you get pass interference. But Ambry Thomas had a bad game, that play aside anyway. It was to the point where it was like you almost had to get him out of the game. He wasn't he wasn't stopping the run. He wasn't trying to divert the run back inside. He was whiffing on tackles. They were going at him. What happened when they really needed to go down the field? They started targeting number 20 on the left side. And the game didn't end until they went away from 20, rolled out to the opposite side, to the right side. Jordan Love tries to throw his across his body, which you know you can't do. You can't go across the field and late. And big play Dre was there to to make the interception and seal it for the 49ers. You said that there was a lot of kind of bend but don't break going on in this game. I think a lot of bending going on was definitely Ambry Thomas. Definitely not his best performance. And I've talked a lot about the, the defensive back position, the cornerback position, the kind of ups and downs. Is a guy playing well? Is he not playing well? What is something that is just happening in a moment? Was it a bad play? Right? Did you slip like Traveris Ward did on the big play to Romeo Dobbs? None of that was going on with Amber Thomas. Like he was just bad. And you talked about the pass interference and kind of bailing out. Typically, I would agree on the underthrown ball that ends up being a PI, but not when, as a defensive back, you get to the receiver and you're looking back at the ball. I don't think I've ever been more confused at what a defensive back doing was doing as I was on that play. Why are you swiping across the body as if the ball is about to come and hit the you know receiver in the chest when you're looking at the ball the entire time? That was yeah. very odd. It is one of those things that you, it just can't happen. And I definitely defend defensive backs. I will not defend Amber Thomas in this game. If we want to talk about, let's turn like a positive note, Diamador Lenore, he was lights out. Let's give him a game ball right game now. Ball. He tackled, right out uh, tackled extremely well. I love the extra physical play out of bounds to uh, Jordan Love, and he was actually inbounds, shoved him. You know, he flew like five yards into the sideline. Guys got in each other's face. Let's go. He's setting the tone. Smallest guy on the 49ers, but has the biggest heart. I love watching Diamondor Lenore play. He had a great tackle uh, on one play where he, like, defeated the block. They kind of ran through a guy while he's getting blocked and still made the tackle. Just terrific game from Diamondor Lenore. I love that he made the play, which was perfectly legal, pushed Jordan Love out of bounds. The team doesn't like it. There's yapping at him. Very next play, he comes up. Boom, just destroys the guy in, uh, you know, it was, it was a screen pass or something on the left. Uh, I love that from Diamondor Lenore. Absolute game ball. Uh, I was fired up. The, the hyena. I, I said during the game, he's got that dog in him. No, he's got that hyena in him, Croc. Yeah, that's ex- extra level of dog that Diamondor Lenore has in him. And to be honest with you, I don't know how bad they think uh, the other slot defenders are. Sam Womack wasn't even dressed for this game. He was an inactive 
uh, Isaiah Oliver. Like, I don't know how bad they think they are in the slot, but I don't know how you don't put Diomedor Lenore keep him on the outside instead of Ambry Thomas and have somebody else playing the slot. When, when Isaiah have- Oliver, uh, big kickoff return play. Again, there were a lot of good, and we'll get to the good throughout this week, and we'll probably sing a lot of praises. There were some things that was ugly. The, the, the time, the clock management before the half, Ugly. We'll talk about that. But another ugly play, we talk about that kickoff return and like why it happened. If I had to guess, okay, I'm not in the meeting rooms, but big special teams kickoff return for Green Bay Packers setting up a short field. Isaiah Oliver, I think he was the safety guy. All right. So typically you have an out, you have a guy who is going to kind of sit back, be a little outside, and you can't let anything get outside of you. And you're kind of like the last line of defense on the kickoff team. Well, he kind of like kept kind of falling the play, and all of a sudden he was squeezed in a little too tight. They sealed him off, and boom, came right off of his butt and had a big return uh, right off that side. That It just can't happen. So I brought him up because you talk, you were talking about the slot, and ideally that would be somebody that you would like in there, but he can't even get it right on special teams right now. Game ball time. Let's give out the rest of the game balls. Diamador Lenore has the first one. There are plenty more to give out in this 49ers 24-21 win over the Green Bay Packers next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you in part by FanDuel, America's number one sports book and NFL playoffs in full steam now headed toward the championship weekend next week. Of course, the big game on its way as well. And for those teams that aren't so lucky to be playing in the NFC championship game, there are draft props as well, which is one of my favorite ways to bet on NFL football every single season. And right now, New customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed, and all you got to do is place, place that first $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose on that first $5 bet. Then you can bet on any number of things. Parlays. There's a parlay hub to find all the popular parlays, live same game parlays at FanDuel. Find bets in the new Explore tab. The app is super easy to use. Love the website, desktop interface as well, and there are so many different ways to play. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. I've re I really feel like Croc that I only just want to stick to the the only dogs division like just the straight up dog division game balls in this one this was an ugly game it was wet outside Diamador Lenore the hyena he's in the crew I don't know if hyenas are in the dog family but uh, they're gonna be in the dog family from this one and you know who else got that dog in him Croc Jawan Jennings yeah he does Jawan is that what you're gonna say what's that is that who you were gonna say absolutely yeah i got more i got more in that in that whole family the canine family that came out to play and and made all the big plays in this one juan jennings is one of those blocking people into the gatorade on the sidelines the big play from brock purdy uh the big catch going up to get the ball in the fourth quarter debo samuel left early and they needed people to step up and clearly juan jennings is not the guy that's going to go make big run and catch plays and and make a ton of uh you know athletic plays like Debo Samuel can and light up the scoreboard, but 
he, he's all about it. And in a game like this, they needed people who were who were not backing down, that played all four quarters, that you know, I mean, that you could just count on when you needed him. And Juwan Jennings was one of those guys. Yeah, he definitely was. And you talked about him not being like a big run after catch guy. He definitely had a knack for that at Tennessee when he was there. Not the fastest guy, so it doesn't translate as well at the NFL level. But he did have a nice little run after catch play early in the game. It was like a, a you know 15 yard gain or so, kind of like a little quick out. Turned up field, made a guy miss, and then picked up some more yards. I say 15 might not have been that much, but to me it was kind of a key key play that really sticks out in my mind when you talk about his ability. And then he had another play where no run after catch uh, on, on this play, but. It was a key play, third down and long. And when they threw the ball, so if Greg Pinelli's still in here, I saw my guy Greg in here, he has taught me there's three kind of balls that a quarterback throws. A one ball, which is like a fireball. A two ball, hard with an arc. And a three ball, which is kind of like your fade, kind of loft the ball in the air. Well, Purdy did something that I don't know if you're supposed to do, but he kind of lofted this ball over the middle, and I'm like, oh man, like that ball is hanging in the air. You this is nothing but trouble. Where's that going? That 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 was one of the big. Is that happens every game, Croc, where you get the thing where the quarterback throws the ball and the broadcast camera, you don't see what's happening. You don't know where the safety is. You don't know where that receiver is throwing the ball deep down the field, and you see the camera pan. You're like, what, what's the picture going to look like when it gets there? That was one of those throws for sure. And it went right over the defender's hands, right into the outstretched arms and hands of Jawan Jennings. Terrific throw, terrific catch, and really clutch play by Jawan Jennings. I thought that was one of, really one of my favorite plays of the game. That, that was a terrific play there. So Jawan Jennings had a good play. Uh, also had a nice block, like all the way into the sideline, into the water. Guys kind of getting into it a little bit. You talk about dogs, man. It, it kind of you got you got. Diamondo Lenoir, you got Greenlaw. Then there's one more guy I bet you kind of might mention next. Well, I don't think we've officially given a game ball to Dre Greenlaw, so he's got to have one for sure. Yep. And, and, in fact, he's player of the game. He's MVP of the divisional round. I know they don't do official MVPs of the divisional round, but you're talking about two interceptions, the game ceiling interception at the end of it. He's got to get his butt down after he makes the interceptions, though. Like, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to really – are you trying to really give people a heart attack straight Greenlaw? What are you doing? But even without the interceptions, Crop, he was flying around, hitting dudes, as he always does. Uh, he's in Club K9, and he absolutely gets a game ball. He's the MVP of the game for the 49ers in this one. You know, there's a play where you talked about him flying around, making plays. He had multiple interceptions, one off a tip, one off of just a great job. And you talked about Jordan Love throwing across his body. Never supposed to do that. But one of my favorite plays from him was a play that probably went unnoticed. He was a curl flat player. And I struggle to get my guys right now. I'm, I'm in a hotel if you guys can't don't notice. I'm in a hotel out here in Riverside, California. we got a 707 tournament coming up. And my guys, I can't quite get them to drop underneath that curl flat. When there's nothing in the curl, can you get underneath the flat and force a high throw? And on that last drive, right before the interception, he sunk underneath that deep out or stop route, which is kind of the hole in the defense, and forced a high throw that ended up going off of the receiver's hands and out of bounds. I think that was a terrific underrated play that most people probably won't talk about. Unbelievable game from Dre Greenlaw. Um, that was, I mean, that was huge. And obviously clutch with the interceptions, one tip with that last one over the middle, coming back across the field to, to cut underneath that pass from Jordan Love. Seal the win, 24-21 for the San Francisco 49ers. I got one more guy who absolutely has to, well, there, there's two more I have that that belong in Club K9. Um, I think 
George Kittle belongs in that club. But we can't get out of here without the guy who who put the points on the board for the 49ers in this one on the offensive side of the ball. And that's Christian McCaffrey is absolutely got some dog in him. And he was you could tell like he's not the most outwardly um, like he's not going to make the biggest fuss. And he's not going to be, you know, uh, the, the player that that you see, uh, you know, flailing his arms and yelling and, and being crazy. But you can see that intensity when he was leaving the field after scoring the touchdown at the end of that game. Like you could tell he was like, he was having an out of body experience. He was really jacked up. And um, obviously when the 49ers needed him, he finally was there when Kyle was calling his number more later in the game. And Christian McCaffrey, he gets my last game ball on this one. Club canine for sure. We got to give one to Brock right now. I used to do this with, with <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo. We're going to put it to the test and see. Right here. I love it. We're, we're going to put it to the test and see how 49er fans feel about this. But there were games where I felt like everything is going against you. And that was definitely the case this game with Brad Purdy. And when it came down to it and you needed him most, he came through and you got to up. So, again, not his best game, but definitely one of his most important moments. And I appreciate that. And I'm giving the game ball. I got a lot of pushback when I would do this with Jimmy Garoppolo when he did this. But, man. Do you? I mean, you don't win without that last drive, and it, it took a gutsy performance from him to just put behind everything else that was happening in that game, the weather, the glove and no glove, the missed throws, the near interceptions, and all of a sudden it's like, I got to turn into that guy that you guys believe I am. And uh, I thought that was an awesome job by him. So maybe not a dog or, or a canine for three and a half quarters, but that last quarter or last half – quarter was all that mattered and he came through for it for another yeah if you're talking late fourth quarter he deserves it and i i think he's kind of in the club he's he's built that way look kyle shane and john lynch have a roster full of those types of dudes uh some maybe even a little bit more than others some are some are even more doggish than just regular old dogs out there um but all right, yeah. Hey, you you gave it to him. Brock Purdy got it. I wouldn't give Brock Purdy necessarily a game ball on this one. I thought it was pretty bad. Uh, but in the end, he made the drive he had to do. Just like the last time when he looked bad in the rain, he made the drive to help the 49ers line up the game-winning kick. They didn't need the kick of this one. They had to get four points. They had to get a touchdown. And it was Christian McCaffrey that finished it off. But uh, that last drive, good on Brock Purdy for, for not completely folding. And not and look, this wasn't a Dak thing where he's throwing three interceptions and throwing a bunch of pick sixes. Now they're one doinked off of Darnell Savage's chest. That could have been bad, but he didn't fold either. So in that regard, you got to give Brock a ton of credit for for fighting through a a rough performance. And I actually think that it's better that the 49ers weren't down three because we know Kyle Shanahan, and I can't wait to talk about this on the next episode. We'll be playing for overtime. He would have been playing for overtime. He would have been playing not to lose and maybe he would have played for a field goal and who knows how that would have turned out. So the fact that he needed a touchdown, I think that actually worked in the 49ers' uh, advantage. I mean, I hate – obviously, you know, Purdy had the bad miss. The, the, by the way, that was going low and left before it got blocked. That was not making it through the upright, no matter if that field goal got blocked or not. And he, you have a third – you, you drafted the third-round kicker, and you're punting from the 40-yard line, Croc. I know the conditions aren't great, but 57-yard field goal, you're not even going to line up and try it. You're going to punt from the 40-yard line. 
uh, in that scenario for the 49ers. So I hate that. It, it's a lack of confidence in your kicker. It's uh, it's just it's all bad, man. Um, but hey, in the end, never a doubt. Never a doubt. San Francisco 49ers, 24-21. They advanced the NFC Championship game. No matter if it's the Bucks or Lions, uh, the one thing's for sure, they're going to have to play a hell of a lot better next week, Croc, at Levi's Stadium. Uh, maybe it, If it was rust, if it was rain, whatever it was, they got to fix some things. They, they got some work to do before the NFC Championship game next Sunday. Confident they will. They're good for one of these kind of stinkers, and they pulled it off. If I had to guess, and I don't want to jinx them, I'm very confident about the 49ers the rest of the way. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Love all the everydayers. See all you fired up right now in the chat. We appreciate you. And, of course, Croc and I back tomorrow. We're going to go back to the film. We've got more takes on this game. We'll turn our attention to whoever wins on Sunday between the Lions and the Buccaneers. And we're getting ready for another NFC Championship game. Talk to you then right here, Locked On 49ers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.